Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. Um, my name is Fitz, and we got here. I'm Sean. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, so this is a podcast about like freelance creativity and all the stuff in between. So I think today we have like a really interesting topic. What is it called, Sean? Um, yeah, today we're doing more of the stuff in between. So um, yeah, today we're going to get into kind of what's the onboarding process with clients, some things you've learned, some stories we have to tell. And then, um, yeah, and then I think you've been playing with something um, called Stable Diffusion. I, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but I think you found out that um, being tied to a platform can really tie your hands. So I think you had a couple things to say about that. True, um, true. Yeah, yeah, you want to kick it off? Kick it off with yeah. that? Yeah, um, should we start with Stable Diffusion or should we start off with the onboarding? Because, like, I don't know, like, I think Stable Diffusion and the, the platform lockdown is probably better. I think this, I think to start, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, because yeah. So first, first explain to people, what the heck is Stable Diffusion? I think we yeah, know, so, but... Yeah, so we all know there's, like, 20 bazillion, like, tools out there right now, and they're evolving, and they're all AI and language models and you know basically mm -hmm. i played with a program that makes pretty pictures when you put it in the text and for that you need like a, a pc that makes all the calculations and then generates a random image and that is very intensive because like they just have like huge data sets and they combine a million pictures into one thing that fits like mm -hmm. your description and i basically had to make stable diffusion work on my windows pc and that's absolutely no problem but the problem that i had is like my pc is an amd pc it's basically the processor and the window uh, the, the graphics card is not really meant for it because most of the um, stable diffusion developer are using the nvidia because they have like a chip in there that's like supporting ai stuff so there's like a special mm. place and obviously it didn't really work well <laughs> mm. so just yeah. because i have the wrong pc and i did not buy the right the right thing and i'm like that's very annoying obviously i made it work but it took me like hours and it's still not working smoothly Oof. yeah and I, I definitely know that from like a web design world that's the one thing i'm always constantly trying to push myself from being caught in is in these kind of loops where you're trying to make something work that you spend so much time making it work by the end of it you're just like ah i i could have just gotten another computer or something at this point for how long i just spent literally making this work yeah. um so that's interesting so so the processor is different so it didn't work so but you you said you kind of made it work which is good yeah. So some mm. of the features in the program basically worked and some of them are, didn't work. And all the tutorials are meant like for the people who have the right platform. It's like, okay, you want to make like a, a Windows game work on a Mac? There's mm -hmm. ways to do so, but mm -hmm. it's not like the official way. And it's like always like a little bit janky and it leads to issues. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very complicated. But I was like, I want to play with that. And I was like, it's probably worth to go through the pain. And I'm just like, oh boy. And very regretful <laughs> mm. so yeah because i really don't know unless you had two different rigs with two different types of processors i don't see any way around that right like unless you yeah. just have all these different computers and i mean like when you start out it's like that is a, like a thing where you should maybe do the research because everybody's doing like okay what computer should i buy should i buy a mac or should i buy like a windows machine um, mm -hmm. And then it's like, what processor do I go with? Like Intel or AMD that are like the two big ones. And they then yeah. basically decide, can you go with NVIDIA or can you go with AMD graphic card? 
And mm-hmm. that basically is like my PC was built by my dad, so I did not even have a saying in it. And oh. I did not know when I got this PC because like lightning hit my house and everything got shattered and I needed a new PC for work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I never got like stuff from him and he's like, Oh, because you never got gifts, here's something, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. So we build a PC together, but he designed everything, you know, he picked the parts. And that's mm. like a science by itself. But in the beginning, yeah. you would not think like how much that will affect your workflow. Well, it's a good point. I mean, right? Like, so if you're going to buy a new computer out there, it's definitely good to reverse engineer. What are you going to be doing on that computer? Right? I think a lot of people, I don't know about the PC world, but I know in the Mac world, you're always running into people that buy Macs just because they're pretty and they're, 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 they're the pretty thing. Right. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, they run into it and they're like, actually, there's a lot of apps that are just not on Apple, right? Like, for example, um, Aurora Builder is the number one Dungeons and Dragons character builder. I can't get it on Mac. Um, it's only on on app. So, so it's funny. You actually find these like spaces in, in the Windows world and the Mac world where there's like there's like no options. It's really weird. Like like there'll be a great Windows option, but then nothing in the Mac world. Um so yeah, definitely. I, I always have just have people buying a Mac when people are like, should I buy a Mac? Do I need a Mac? I kind of tell them, well, like, what are you doing? Like, if you're just surfing the web, probably not. But if you're using like kind of design programs or you're going to be using, you know, music production programs, probably or, then. Yeah. Or editing. Like, that's like a big one. Like, I, mm-hmm. I decided against getting a Mac, even though I know like Macs are like optimized. Like, they read the mm-hmm. codecs really fast. The workflow is super fast. They have their own mm-hmm. editing software that's optimized. And with uh, Windows, you have usually more opportunities and options because it's like a open platform. You know, everything goes. Mm-hmm. Windows, uh, Mac is like really locked down. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I maybe want a game. And that's kind of hard on, you know, Mac. But boy, yeah. oh boy, oh boy. I'm still like in the, the, you know, not satisfied because like this is now, I think, the third time. That had issues, and I'm just like sometimes it's better to go with the the most used path or whatever they say. How do you call that? Um, the most used path, like the most traveled path, the most common yeah, traveled you, path, or something. Yeah, yeah, that is the, the most path. effective way usually. So I, I hear like a saying and a study mm-hmm. about it, and it's usually whatever is most commonly used is the most effective way, and that's why it's in, it is the thing. Well, yeah, there's a reason that it's commonly used, right? Um, yeah, once you start going off the yellow brick road, things can get a little um, scary quickly. And I think, um, yeah, in terms of, like I kind of told you off camera, in my web design world, I run into the problem where I, I design a website that on like a Windows operating system, even if you're using Chrome, I could be using Chrome and you're using Chrome, but you're on your PC, it'll actually look different than on my Mac PC, even if we're using the same browser. And so what so, looks different? So like what's nice is, uh, is, is Microsoft's gotten a lot better over the years, but like, uh, so Internet Explorer is no longer Internet Explorer. It's Microsoft <laughs> Edge. Thank God they killed Internet Explorer. I think every web designer in the world rejoiced Rip. together. <laughs> They're like, thank God it's over. Because Internet Explorer, to anyone that's done web design more than five to 10 years will know that you always had to design a website and then you had to essentially redesign the entire website just for Internet Explorer because... Some of the problems, for example, is they, for the longest time, they didn't have um, a max size property for the styling. So I couldn't, I couldn't say, don't have Fitzy's photo get bigger than this size. So on my, yeah. on mine, my Mac would be like, oh, cool, look how small he is. But then you'd open it up on your PC and your photo is the size of Atlantis. And so, you know, there was that problem. There was, there's, there's just so many problems. And so what I had to do as a web designer is buy um, a Windows PC just so I could use that browser. And... <laughs> 
I mean, one thing I will say about Windows too is it is better for programmers and backend coders. It definitely is because it kind of it can hook into server architecture a lot better, where Mac doesn't necessarily play with server architecture because a lot of the server architecture is kind of derived from Windows. I think it uses a lot of the same syntax and stuff. So, so people that use Windows, they can really easily get into server side really easily. Where us Mac people, we have to do a lot of weird stuff to get into the servers and stuff. Yeah. So for me, it's like you almost have that both right so i guess for you it's like maybe the same where you almost have to have a computer with one type of processor and one with a different yeah so so i did not know um in the beginning obviously i was like i did not thought that's such a big deal you know Mm -hmm. there's like um um it's called cuda it's like graphics card acceleration program basically and it's Mm -hmm. like um uh, algorithm that um when you hit export or edit or whatever you know and it renders the video it accelerates and optimizes like the rendering time and because yeah. AMD and NVIDIA are different, they have two different things. And there's apparently like a little beef going on. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm on the on the wrong side, apparently. And I'm just like, I have the faster PC in the beginning by stats, but the features mm-hmm. were better on the NVIDIA side. And now NVIDIA is coming out mm-hmm. with all the AI stuff. So it's like, yeah. Mm. Well, can you can you just obviously buy a new card? I think that's what's nice about PC, at least, right? You just get a NVIDIA card, which is going to cost you a ton of money, but then you can at least install that into the PC. But you need a new GPU because, like, right. the GPU determines, like, what graphics card you can get. Right. But also, there's, like, a really interesting conundrum. Like, um, I talked about that today on, like, um, YouTube of somebody who does, like, YouTube videos and camera reviews. And it's like, you know, when you switch brands, you know, should you buy both brands just because the one is better versus the other? Or do you want to just buy more of the same thing to have redundancy? And that is like the thing, like, you know, if you have Mac and Windows at the same time, you're slower on both because like now you, you split your attention and, you know, your workflow is different. It's very ineffective. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of, you know, I don't know what is the right way. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I would never have it where you have the same project needing to jump between computers, right? I think that's that's a no no. Like, I would never have a design thing that has to keep being opened um, that can cause weird problems. But, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I, one thing that I've thought of doing a little bit better than I, I have is just keeping an eye on used gear, right? I mean, I think that's something where like there's a used PC that I don't need it to be great. It doesn't need to hit high benchmarks for me. I just need something to try out a website on. You know, I it's easy to find those things on like Craigslist and stuff. You know, if, if, yeah, it, if you're okay with getting something that's like five models old, um, now yeah. to get something that's like a high performing thing where you need all of these high performing things, I think, well, first off, I do want to make the point that like, I, I it took me years to get to this point. So no worries for anyone watching. If you don't have enough money to do this today, like get two computers, get a backup because I can't tell you five how many computers. times. I can't tell you how many times that it was, it would be something stupid. Like I forgot a power cord somewhere and now I'm across town or I'm in a different city and now I don't have the power cord to my laptop and, but I need to do something tonight, but now the stores are closed. You know, I can't tell you how many times something like that happened and it just, it just tied my hands. So even yeah. just this last week, I, I had forgotten one of my dongles um, for, for my HDMI for one of my, my monitors. So I actually couldn't use my, my computer here because I forgot and accidentally brought that. But then I was like, oh, but I have a laptop. So it didn't like stop the process. So I, I, I know you probably have the same in the camera world, but always have a backup, I would say. Like if, yeah. if, you're, if you just bought gear and you're like, what's my next piece of, of gear? As I would say, maybe see if you can find a backup, even if it's like a cheap backup, right? So if you just bought the new Apple Studio, maybe get a MacBook Pro from like 
five to ten years ago that like is not great it's quite the number my man (laughs) not gonna lie five years ten years i'm like damn it could still (laughs) run it but it won't run it great but like you know because i'm thinking of some guy with money right like no but like some guy doesn't have you know he's gonna be like okay yeah maybe i'll pay 500 bucks for another computer but i'm not gonna pay like four grand for another computer so yeah um but i would say get a backup though even if you have a shitty old rig you at least get you crawling to the finish line in case the other computer just dies on you there's a deadline tonight computer dies you always want to have something as a backup yeah in the videography world there's like the thing that you should do all your backpacks should have an sd card in there all of them even mm-hmm. if you don't use the backpack for whatever and you don't really need it there you know so that's like one of the things that yeah. you apparently have to store and it's so good you know you never know like fuck i got my sd card you know you would mm-hmm. be screwed and stuff like that mm-hmm. happens you know you dump all your footage and you forget like oh we're in a hurry in the morning grab everything throw everything mm-hmm. in the back you don't have the redundancy or the backup plan it can be tough oh yeah and and, and you are gonna get hit with stuff it's like it's 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 a no-brainer like things will go wrong like you you've, you've learned that when you get out in the field there's always going to be something you were planning for and yeah so yeah preparation's key i think yeah for being a videographer i would always have like extra sd cards extra batteries extra cords i mean literally like i would have a whole bag extra just in the cameras. car if you do yeah. a wedding one camera mm-hmm. is like overheating or dying it's like there's not a second camera well you missed a shot that you really need and yeah, especially Man. weddings. Weddings are just like, yeah, because they'll never redo that wedding just because you need a <laughs> shot. So it's, yeah, yeah you don't get yeah, by it. By the way, over. can you kiss a little bit more of a passion? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to have our second wedding in a couple days so the videographer can take good videos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, you know, so I would always say that I always have a backup, you know, and then in terms of like, yeah, like the problem you just ran into, I mean, now you obviously, you know, you'll have to do the kind of questioning of yourself of like, you know, Am I really going to care about stable diffusion? Is that going to be part of my business going forward? Um, and and if it's not a definitive yes, then yeah. obviously don't pay and spend the money on a new rig just for this this thing. Um, yeah, right now, I think like you're just experimenting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's but like obviously. The- but if Sorry. you're a guy that's like out there and you're like, hey, I want to do stable diffusion, I really am into this, then yeah, then you, yeah, you'll you'll need to maybe have that backup. It just depends on, yeah, what's your goals? <laughs> yeah. And now on, on that note, like setting the goals right and having like a clear vision, that is like, you know, what everybody tells mm-hmm. you in the beginning. Make a business plan. What you going to do this year? You know mm-hmm. what you need to do to get clients. And mm-hmm. that is like the thing that came for me last, you know, so I'm more like, let's do stuff and then figure out how we make money with that stuff. And then, you know, yeah. we're, we're basically building the thing backwards. And then it's just like, okay, we, we mm-hmm. got to work on the foundations and working on the foundation is like sometimes a little bit iffy, but it's like, if I would have known for editing, you need an NVIDIA graphics card, then I, I would have been more like, you know, persistent on the, the platform yeah yeah well yeah i I think it's it's interesting right because when when you go buy new gear it's funny how your your eyes get caught on numbers and stuff right like you're looking for you you're looking at whatever megapixels or whatever terminology you're looking at exposure exposure yeah yeah you got 14 stops 15 stops you know the more exposure Mm -hmm. you have the less blown out the windows are and it's like oh yeah which camera has the best out of focus and then oh yeah it's weird because you just yeah you just get stuck in these things right like you kind of come up with like what are the yeah what makes a good camera from a bad camera and and it's funny because what i found is i'm not thinking about the end goal i'm like just thinking about how cool this gear is 
where like you really do need to think about like, does this solve any of the problems, right? Like it does these things, but is that something that you'll even use or is that something? So yeah, I, I know that's something where, you know, I, I'm trying to do now. Like, so instead of, for example, one thing recently is I, I, I kind of need to get a new iPad. Like this one just kind of full up. It was kind of the cheapest version when I got it. And, but, you know, after seeing Christy using her remarkable tablet to take notes and things and seeing how awesome that is in terms of how it's separate, it's separated from the internet and how it's just a really good tablet to take meeting notes on, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, well that's, let's reverse it. Like, right. I could get this fancy tablet that does all these things, but what's the use case, right? Am I going to do illustration in a client meeting? Am I going to need to do all these fancy things? Probably not. <laughs> like I just need something to take notes and my iPad doesn't even do that well. So, so just thinking of that can usually make it so you're like, yeah, I don't need the $5,000 thing. I just need a couple hundred dollar thing. Um, I think like also like that is like a thing where you can just like hit um, the, you know, the record thing from your phone and you just like, you hear the, the voices and it writes down the text. Then you can mm -hmm. send that text to chat GPT free. Give me the summary. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's all processed, right? And I think what's funny, and I know I've I've run in this, we've talked about this in the past too, with with videographers especially, is that you get this kind of you think that gear is gonna solve all your problems, oh, yeah. right? You, 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 gear yeah. acquisition syndrome. There you go. Gear <laughs> acquisition syndrome. I knew you had to interpret it. And so it's like, you know, I, I think that I get caught in that too, right? Like, especially, you know, Apple comes out and then and unveils their newest thing. And I'm just like, oh, man, but it's 10 times quicker than the last one. And and it's funny because we do. We just get caught into these things where we think like, yeah, if I can just get that piece of equipment, that's the missing link. That's the missing piece. And then, yeah. as you know, you get it and it's exciting. And then the honeymoon phase nothing goes away. Happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> new camera, nothing happens. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think like, oh, I got a new camera, you know, like get mm -hmm. like five more clients. No, that's not how it is. Like it comes back to the basics and the basics is networking, getting new clients and then somehow mm -hmm. closing those clients. And that is my mm -hmm. smooth segue. Ooh, segue on to closing clients. Here we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you've been closing lots of clients recently, it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like or at least getting a lot of prospects. Um yeah, I, I guess re recently, yeah. how have you been doing? Do you think? Do you think you're getting better? Or? Well, I, I think like as soon as I talk in person to a person, in person to a person, you know, then mm -hmm. I'm really, really good. If I'm like over the phone, mm -hmm. it's iffy, but usually they're like, oh yeah, they hear the voice, then the mm -hmm. the personality shines through, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's a easier close. But mm -hmm. if it's a text message, if it's a resume. Oh yeah. my God, they will rip me apart. I will fall apart mm. by myself because I will, I'm like, okay, let's send them a half a page mm. dial, uh, monologue, not dialogue, monologue. And just yeah. like, hey, here's all the things I could do for you. And here's all the things you should do. And like, mm -hmm. you never know how they perceive that. And that is like one of the things where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to steer the ship in the right direction. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I definitely am someone that's been very guilty in the past of writing novels to people and expecting them to read this entire, you know, novel and then get back to me on all of the different points. I've definitely been guilty. I, I've, I've no, definitely no, you're not. not. You're not, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, um, and so, uh, you know, it's been really interesting. So, and this is a little off topic, but kind of on topic. Um, I've had some emails recently. We won't get into this maybe for a future episode, but I've had some awkward emails I've had to send to a couple of clients recently. Um, hey, I, hey, I, I still I have your nudes, and if you don't pay me, I share them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, those glands too, but that's for a different podcast. Um, but you know, it's it, 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 well, like I had to fire one of my oldest clients just this last oh. week, and we can we can get into it in a different episode. It's still a little fresh. I'm still trying to figure it out, but. But what was interesting is I wrote this long email because, you know, we're in that weird phase of when you're trying to, you know, give him files and he's supposed to give you money and then you're supposed to be very nice about parting ways. And I wrote this email and it was so funny because like in it, you could just see that I injected all of my anger in all these little statements, like all these. Yeah. And it wasn't like I did it on purpose. I didn't do it to be mean, but you could just tell that I was just like mad about it and grumpy about it. And it was so funny because once I cut all of that out, it was like two or three sentences and it was, and it was, I think it was still pretty good. Like I still had one sentence that just where I essentially said like, I'm not going to point any fingers or make excuses because you've already made up your mind period. And then I just like, that was the end of that moving on to the next paragraph. And, and that may seem, that may seem like, you know, you're still being mean, but you don't, you, you don't know what I deleted though. I deleted all these things of how he was, he was terrible at communicating. This was a bad idea, but, but you know, it was like, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. What are we talking about here? And and just getting it and and with the onboarding, I would say the same is true, right? You want to give them the world, you want to show them all of the fancy things, but but what's the one thing you really need to do before all that? Well, you need to get them to like approve it. You need to get them to like send you the first invoice. You need or the first you know payment. Yeah. So it's like so on this onboarding. I used to I used to do the same thing in onboarding where I would just send them here's everything. We're gonna need these things. Hit me up with this guy. Here's the timeline, and it would just. It's like, no, Sean, what do you need from them? You need them to read the contract, sign it, look at the invoice, pay it, then we'll move on. That's the initial onboarding email. Three sentences. <laughs> I mean, like, like the whole onboarding is like, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Because first off, you want to figure out, are they the yeah. right fit? Are they like a crazy nut, you know? And they yeah. may, maybe make your life hell or... Maybe they're just mm -hmm. like a normal human being, what you what we all hope and need, and you just have like a working relationship that maybe evolves into something more where it's like, oh yeah, favorite client, you know? That is like the mm -hmm. ideal outcome where it's like, we're working for years together, it's like just mm -hmm. smooth sailing, you know? And yeah. It's a win-win for everybody, but it's really hard to tell in the beginning. So it's like... It's impossible. Just, yeah, so I had like that situation with the contract, for example, for the wedding mm -hmm. that we're going to shoot on the weekend. Basically, text messages, really hard to interpret it, what the person mm -hmm. says and how they mean it. You don't know. Like, you can say one sentence, you can read it five ways, you know? Like, oh. Yeah. You know, and that's like one of the things. I sent the contract out, and they're just like, I have questions to the contract. And in my head, I'm like, okay, this is going now back and forth. And it's like, and I thought, like, they are angry and mad and whatever. And when we scheduled a call, I was on the call with her, and the lady had no voice because she's so stressed about the wedding. She just wants to make sure that uh, her thing is getting covered. And here's me assuming, like, they want to get everything out of me, you know, where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no, I would have done even more for you. Just like, you know, but this contract is just there so that we don't need it, you know, because mm -hmm. you never want to use a contract. Yeah, yeah. And I, for me, you know, I I sometimes will skip the contract if it's a small job, but almost every job that's over a thousand dollars now. And I, when I say almost, I mean, every job that's over a thousand dollars, I, I push the contract now. Um, and yeah, what I always say is it's, it's, it's mutually beneficial. This also saves your butt. This also, this also makes me that I have to do this or you can take me to court eventually. So, yeah. um, and once I, and most people get that, I, I've never had pushback from like a good business owner on that. What's interesting is it's almost a test for a bad client that if you send them a simple contract and they don't want to sign it, that's an yeah. interesting test where I've even brought up to their face. Like, why aren't you signing the contract? 
Like I've sent yeah. it to you three times and you haven't <laughs> signed it. I just realized I didn't sign the contract. I still need to do that. <laughs> I got the money. Like we're a... fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I um, yeah, so the the onboarding, you know, is very interesting. So I guess so in the onboarding process, I guess so. It sounds like most of your stuff comes from messages, which I imagine a lot of people that are kind of starting out, that's probably how it goes. It's probably through messaging. I'm guessing. Yeah. So so there's like that weird story that you that everybody goes through, or that weird journey, I should say. It's like, hey, DM me, you know? And then when people are thinking like, oh, I got a website. Now go onto my website and, you know, write me an email there. And like, either way, it's like, you know, the beginners want the DM and then it goes to like the professionals who want to have the DM for the website so they can track where it's coming from and they get like bonus information, like how did you hear about me, questionnaires and all that Shazam, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's like... It also goes back to the DMs, so it's like I don't want to let them out out of the DMs, but the mm -hmm. the the workflow is completely different. Do you what do you prefer? Do you prefer to do all your business? Like if you could choose one platform to do all your business, what which one would you choose? I guess would you choose a social media platform or so so far? Like Facebook is the way. Like it, so far, it really seems like you know when I get like okay, it goes down into like hey Fitz, I got a wedding for you. Um, here's the couple. I'm like getting a text message. Hey, I'm like, I can do that. And then they're checking out my Facebook and somehow they're in my Facebook DMs. I don't even know how to get there, but it's like, okay. So now we're talking there. And then from there, it goes on to another phone call. And from there, it goes to like signing contracts. And mm -hmm. then we're just like, maybe I sent them like an Instagram reel that I did like two years ago. Like, oh yeah, there's a wedding, you know? Or, but sometimes I also send out the, the website. But it's weirdly how. I'm talking to web designer, so I'm like, I just like don't know how to phrase it right because I should take like full advantage. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I should, you know, I should use the website more, but it's also like not optimized for me right now. So it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. right now it's yeah, Facebook yeah. text. I would say, how about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I, you know, and I think we've talked about this before. I, I don't think there's any right or wrong way between the two. I think I've gotten businesses through social media. I've, I've gotten about the same through the website, to be honest. I think they're about 50-50. Most of my stuff, honestly, just comes from word of mouth um, and, yeah. and in person. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think what's nice, what's, what is nice about a website too, that I know I struggle with personally, is that I don't have the social equity. I think if you have the social equity built up or you're getting lots of likes, it looks like you have a ton of followers. I think having that platform really will do you a lot of good, right? Because they're seeing you have a huge fan club. Someone like me though, who I've done a, a, a terrible job at doing social media, I have 190 followers on Instagram. So that doesn't really entice someone to like hire me. So for me, it's about pushing them out to the website. So then I can have more of my text do the talking and more videos of me doing the talking. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of helps me at least seem like I, I, I am desired even when on the, on like the Instagrams, it's not saying that I'm desired at all. So, so it's one of those things that I would say that like, if you're popular on the social media, then yeah, that's a great platform because you're, you're able to prove that you, that you have a fan club behind you. But if you don't, or if you're like in the process of building that up, I think a website's a good way to, to skip that, right? If you're ever afraid of it's going to become a social contest, I just send them to the website. So they're like, well, the website looks great. The work looks great. What he's saying on the website's great. That's all I care about. The only thing that always scares me on social media is that they may be like, I love his work. I love what he's saying, but he's only got 190 followers. I mean, this guy isn't even that engaged. 
I mean, like, that is going back to, like, my weakness, too. Like, having the portfolio, you know? Like, you got to showcase what you did, why you did it, yada, yada. What is the quality of work mm -hmm. and all those things, you know? And then there's, like, the, the, the social stuff and people recommending, you know? And it's, like, word mm -hmm. of mouth. And I have a couple of things that are going for me. But, mm -hmm. you know, my weakness is, like, I don't flex on social media. My social media is, like, oh, I have a funny idea. Let's try it, you know? And... I upload yeah. it, I don't care, and then I'm like, oh, I should care. And I'm really trying to work on that and like, okay, in my head, like, we, we're going to crank now the, the the public perception so that it's easier to, you know, close the deals because you need mm -hmm. more deals. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things that I always start out with, even on client projects, is I'll just look at what's out there. What are other people doing, right? Like, how are, how are like, another how's another videographer getting leads off of Instagram, right? Is he telling you to to DM him an Instagram or is he getting you to a link tree that's sending you to a custom link or a landing page for that exact thing? You know, I, I know we talk about sales funnels a lot, you know, where, you know, is if are you doing wedding videography versus product photography? So maybe should there maybe be on your link tree, a link that says product photography, and then one that says event photography or something, and then they go to different landing pages that cater yeah. to that experience, you know? So I, I think, you know, the perfect, and we both agree with this, like that, that, that the perfect scenario is you have all the platforms, right? You're, you're on everything. Yeah. You have a vast network, a big, you have all these nets in the sea. Um, the one thing that I, 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 I need to get better at and that I see a lot of people mess up is that they, they go out there and they start all these things. Like that first day is always so beautiful and you feel like you get so much done where you start all these social media accounts and you start that new email and, oh, I made the link tree. Oh, <laughs> You're I good with that. Stuff. I'm terrible. <laughs> That's from the hottest part. <laughs> But then once you do that, and this is the hardest part for me, is then you never touch it again. You don't look at your link tree for another year. You haven't looked at your LinkedIn summary in over two years. And yeah. so you let it kind of sit there and stagnate. And then that's something that I'm trying to get better at is, is not only getting into these platforms, but making alerts in my calendar to be like, yep. hey, go in there and check this stuff. Um, that is my Rachel. Hi. Hey, Rachel. Yeah, well, she cannot hear us, but I got apparently a snack. This is my 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 dinner because we did not do the the podcast on time. We're we're actually now switching up the the, the schedule. Just today, but yeah, today we are doing a, a more nighttime feel. Exactly. Yeah. So that After means hours. like if you drink now the coffee. Mm, <laughs> we're yeah, going I probably all should. Yeah. I got a late night. I probably should. But yeah, so I mean, like, um, so in terms of the platforms, you know, I would say, yeah, none, none of them are like the right way. But I mean, so I guess, what would be your advice on social media, I guess? Is, did you cold call on social media? Do, oh, do you reach I'm, out to people? I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Like, I'm probably, so I'm probably one of those people who are talking to way too many people, like way too many people, probably like a week, I talk to like 30 new people every week. And I'm just mm. like, sometimes they don't respond. And sometimes I'm like, just like spamming, you know, and it seems bad, but the intentions are good. You know, like I basically want to create a win-win condition, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously like there's like a smooth way of doing it. And then there's like, when I don't care, and if I don't care, it usually never leads to anything, but sometimes miraculously, like today, it led to something. I'm like, I wrote a cold, so cold email via the Instagram so a cold dm basically and mm -hmm. we had like a thing in common he was like a, a physician and a doctor or whatever 
and he's working with like people who need to recover on the knees and whatever. And I'm like, hey, I have hmm. an injury. So yeah. I was like, the chances are higher if I relate and call, uh, implement that in the in the pitch. And I also like, I didn't want to pitch too much. So it's like right. really important what you write in the first email. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think we talked about this before, too, that you um, the connecting part, right, is so is so much more important than the selling part in a way, right? Like you could come in and be like, your shit sucks. I want to make something better. And, you know, it's just it sounds markety where you, you came in. It sounds like you're like, I have bad knees. I mean, it sounds like we'd be a great, you know, connection to have where you could definitely yeah. help me with my knees. And just, so you know, I do video work. Maybe that would help you out, you know, and I, I think do. it sounds like you came in there with a connection, which makes a big deal. I think having like, yeah. you know, even if it's just like you both agree about the same things, right. I think that makes such a huge deal um, where yeah, mean, you let their armor down. Yeah. So basically with that, it's like also like, there's like a, the prospect of like, who's becoming the client, you know, like, you could become mm -hmm. the client for the thing where you want to be hired for, you know? So it could be like, you know, like, instead of, mm -hmm. like, me selling them, they are like, oh, I sell him. And then it's, like, a weird tango, you know? Whoever mm -hmm. has the best pitch, whoever can convert to better. And on the one side, it's also yeah. not really about that. It's, like, really, like, okay, let, let's see how we can come mutual beneficial and, like, maybe do, yeah. like, a friendship kind of sort of thing and see where it's going. Yeah, yeah. B mutual beneficiary type of things is the way to go for sure. Because I think like if you can have it seem like it's this synergetic connection, then it doesn't feel like they're paying you money to do something. It just feels like they're partnering with you. Um, you know, the more that you feel like you're all part of the same city, I feel like that's that's when it's at its best when people feel like, oh, hey, like you're involved in this community, you're going to keep giving business to people in this community. So I'll give my business to you. One thing I kind of run into some people, it's weird here in Colorado. It doesn't happen as much out in St. Pete. This is kind of a Colorado oh. problem is that you you run into people that they they want to they want to sell you stuff and they but they don't want to like there's no there's no reciprocacy here. It's really weird in Colorado. What at least right now, at least in Colorado Springs. What, so what I mean by that is that like so like everyone's in sell mode a lot of the time, like everyone's like very much in sell mode, but they're not really much in giving business mode. A lot of people are very weird about giving business and paying for, for other stuff. So, so it's hard for like for creatives here. I've always had a hard time linking people in because it almost seems like they always want to take control of the whole pie almost every single time. Like people here for some reason don't get the idea. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to say everyone in Colorado, but at least in the circles I've been in, you know, there's, there's, there hasn't been a lot of desire to create this kind of network of everyone doing well. There doesn't yeah. seem to be this like, like, you know, I, I, I designed your website. So now I'm going to use your company for, for my lawn mowing or something. There's a lot of yeah. one-sided like, yeah, give me business and then I'll, I'll lose your number. There's a lot of that. Yeah. I, I think like that is like the people you surround yourself with. Cause like usually everybody that I met who was like a high achiever or like a millionaire or whatever. And I, I met a couple, what I did not know I would ever do, but I'm like, they're just like the most nice people who trying to actually really help you. And obviously they're giving, giving, giving. But if you're like, you know, if you're an asshole, they don't want to hang out with you. And then you don't get the opportunity of receiving. And if you never give to them, you also like kind of get like pushed away, you know? And and there's something to casualness, right? I feel like people more want to pay me when it's like a casual thing between us. When it's like, when it's like, you know, I I'm helping your business, you're helping my business, and we're just two dudes just just getting along. I think I think yeah. when it gets to that world, 
I think I think it's it's great. I think it's when it gets to this place where you're still selling them, um, especially I, I I ran this a lot when I was a new designer. Is that they I would already close the deal. They already paid the first invoice, and I'm still selling them. I'm still in the meeting, like selling them on stuff. Where it's like you could stop selling. They already said yes. Like now, yeah. just be a regular person. Now you can just ask them about how their dog is or like what the how their weekend was. You know, get back to human mode. Yeah, I, I think like also it's like being like excited about the work kind of in a weird way you know if you have that passion and fire for a moment you know it's like oh we can do this and that and i'm like stoked and they will see that and then it's not anymore about like the 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 selling but also it's like selling is important but i I think it's only important when it goes bad kind of you know it's like let's say you're putting Mm -hmm. too many hours in and now it's like you're like you're feeling like oh i'm doing too much work you know and it's like this is not really beneficial for me and I'm, I like working with you, but I'm like, I, I need more bang for the buck, you know? And that is like then yeah. the thing where it's like, maybe you should make it awkward, but till that point, I would just like keep it as smooth as possible. Yeah, for me, what's always worked out well um, is kind of being more passive. It, it seems like you shouldn't be passive, right? It seems like you should always be leaning in and being aggressive on selling, but. But when people kind of feel that energy from you, like, so for example, if I go to a networking thing or not even a networking thing, I was at a client meeting today at this country club and she had these other fancy people that she introduced me to. And, you know, I, I, instead of like, you know, going right into, into sales mode, I, I just acted like a regular person. I just said, Oh yeah, I'm just a web designer. I I do web design and I, you know, make sure to say what you do, but it's like just saying it as it is just saying like, yeah, it's just like if you were to talk to a lawyer, you would be like, yeah, <laughs> struggling I, I'm a web designer. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yeah. We'll work for food. Um, you know, it, but it's, it's like when it's in this relaxed place, people want to give you business. And that's one thing yeah. like, I, I know, I know I've brought up the book a few different times. This is probably one of the last times I'll bring it up for a while, but the key person of influence, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that it talks about in there is that, that the, the people that are relaxed and having a great time, they're the ones that are getting all the jobs. That guy that's freaked out, stressed out, yelling at people, please hire me. They're getting no jobs. Yeah. And so it's like, if you can get to this place, it's it's weird, but you almost have to be in this place where you, you, you have to at least put off that vibe that you don't care if this works out. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I just met, definitely mean that in a way that there's no stress. You're just like, here's the contract. Here's my schedule. If it works, if it works, if it doesn't, totally fine. Good luck to you type of, you know, I think what can kill you is when you start to feel like when you're being very pushy or very sales, like where you're like, I need this to close. When you really need that, you know, that is like the thing. Like if you can walk away from a deal, it's the best deal usually because you get the right Mm -hmm. that you want. But if, if it's like you need Mm -hmm. it, you will accept terms that you should not accept usually. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all how you, and even, it's weird. It's like so subtle. Like if you need something to work versus it's okay if it works, you're going to act two different ways. If you need this meeting to go well or else, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be visibly stressed. You're going to be scared to answer things. Um, and But if you're like relaxed, you just have more of a relaxed tone. You're just, you're yeah. you're sitting back more. You're letting the client talk more. That's one thing I've noticed is the more anxious you get, the more you interrupt the client, the more you're pissing them off because of your anxiety. And so it's like, you have to get to this point where you're just like, you're just quiet. You're calm. Take notes, ask questions. You know, and, and, you know, and if it's, if it's a maybe, if it's like, you don't even know if you want to be their, their designer or their videographer, then don't feel like you have to commit, right? Like you, you know, you, you can, you, there's a way to kind of make it seem like it's in purgatory. What's kind of funny is when you kind of reverse the tables, right? When the client wants you and they're just like so desperate to get you. Why do you want me? (laughs) (laughs) 
So, it, you yeah. know, those are great because then you get to this place where you're like, yeah, I don't know, you know, this may just, it may be a little extra, oh, the budget may have to go up and you start to start to talk in this way that it's almost hurting you. But then they're like, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Whatever it needs to do, because we need to have you and you've, you've talked me into it. That's the best situation. I love that. Cause then like, cause then I'm like, oh, okay. Are you sure? And they're like, yeah, don't even send me an estimate. Send me a contract right now. We got to get this going. Like that's the best stuff in the world. That's yeah. the best project in the world. I, I mean, but that is also like, I think we, we, we kind of wanted to go into that too, is like, you know, when you communicate with the client, you know, obviously you need to have those meetings and then you need agendas and missions and like goals for meetings. And everybody says, we don't need meetings. You're not productive if you have a meeting. What is your two cents on that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very inundated with meetings this week. So, so you're, you're catching me on an interesting week where I would literally today I had four different meetings. I haven't had one chance to get any work done. You know, for, yeah, first things first on the meetings is, yeah, agendas are huge, especially if you're doing it with a team, especially if you don't know that team. Um, it took me so long to get to that place of type up a, a Word doc and send it to it uh, to the team before you get started. Because I, there's so much time that's wasted at the beginning of a meeting. If you guys don't know what you're talking about, you literally lose half the meeting of just being like either small talk or just like trying to get centered on what are, are sometimes the, the client talks about what they want to talk about, which has nothing to do about the project. Are they like focus on this one thing they don't like? And that yeah. takes the entire hour up. And then um, so agendas are huge because like, especially if there's a lot on the agenda, cause it shows everyone, like we got a lot to go through. So we don't have time to talk about your dog. We don't have time to talk about these things. Yeah. But that being said though, agenda, let, let's talk more from like a small business, not like, okay, we're corporate America. We have a company of like, you know, 500 mm -hmm. employees and we have now a meeting just because, um, I'm more like, okay, you met like a new prospect, a new client, you have your first call with him. Like, Obviously, mm -hmm. you want to know what he does, how what is his budget, and but how you what is your strategy of of like that first of the kickoff meeting? Is that what we're talking yeah. about the kick? Yeah. So, um, let me think here for a second. So one thing I would suggest, um, even in those times, I do usually have an agenda, even if it's a small agenda. Yeah. So. When I say agenda, it can't, it can't even be like four or five things really like yet again. Like, so if it's like yet again, it's not a big corporate guy. It's just a small business guy. Let's say he doesn't have a lot of time. He doesn't really want to talk things through. Um, it'll just be a pretty, uh, be a simple agenda, right? So if it's like a new website, it'll be like, okay, let's review the contract, make sure it's signed, make sure that you're paying me. Um, we'll come up with a timeline together and we'll kind of maybe look at the website together. Just four things. Boom. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I, I think it at least makes it seem like you honor their time. That's the one thing I've liked about agendas too, is that it, it, it definitely makes them think like, okay, he clearly doesn't want to waste my time either. He, he knows yeah. that I'm a busy person and that we just need to tackle these things quickly because I'm sure you've had this, like, there's no better feeling than leaving a meeting where you guys actually got a lot done, where you literally yeah. got all of the stuff you needed to get done, done. I mean, like meetings are kind of weird because like usually you go into something and it's either you have to address a problem or solve a problem, you know? And sometimes mm -hmm. it's like kind of hard to figure out what is the problem because like you walk into this meeting and you maybe did not talk about the problem and you're mm -hmm. just like trying to figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. for example, the contract thing that I mentioned in the beginning, I'm like, okay, I'm about to have like a phone call, aka meeting or whatever you want to call it. And I, I was like prepared for like, okay, this is now 
war in a way, you know, it's like, okay, trying to stand my point, got to get my budget and have to maybe upsell, maybe don't upsell, maybe yeah. just see what is the situation and just go with it. And you, mm. you have to be like quick on your feet, you know, to like, okay, like the team thinks this and now I'm adapting to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I even to this day can do better at is don't feel like you always have to have the answer. I think that's one thing is um, saying, let me get back to your team on that. I'm going to take a note of that. Let me do some research. Let me get <laughs> just back like to Congress. <laughs> don't answer anything. Just like, OK, yeah. I, I will get to we'll get back to you. <laughs> Can you please repeat the question? Sorry. <laughs> just like, uh, we're just out, of out of time. Out of time. My two minutes of speaking are over. <laughs> uh but yeah i mean so you know with with that yeah i i would definitely you know and it's and yeah and and, and i think you you brought up something really important just now too because you said you know meeting or phone call or whatever you want to call it and i think there's something important that too of yeah maybe there's clients that you don't actually want to say the word meeting to because the meeting has such a connotation and could be a negative connotation if people feel like meetings are are waste and that's why they got away from corporate america so yeah so sometimes yeah call the meeting a phone call i i like to call things i always like to say kickoff meeting because i just feel like in the name kickoff it just sounds exciting it sounds like oh we're, we're getting off we're getting the races started and it's yeah. uh, people usually get excited for that they're like oh this is gonna be cool we're actually gonna now is when the fun stuff begins yeah um and I sometimes it is fun. Yeah, so there's also like the, the thing where I'm like, okay, I have next week a meeting because like I, my prospect is like interested. We had a call, everything mm -hmm. is working out. And so we're taking a step farther, you know, it's like kind of the, the, mm -hmm. the taking a step farther, basically. The second date. <laughs> yeah, second date. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I've got that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically, I'm like, okay, what is my goal for this meeting? Because like mm -hmm. I'm like now strategizing. Because, like, this could go either way, you know. I could push some things that I could recommend to him. I already figured out what is his budget and, you know, and if there's a budget, no budget, if it's a trade situation, you know. But obviously, mm -hmm. you kind of have to think from both perspectives. How do I create a win-win scenario? And you have mm -hmm. to have answers for, like, potential questions. And I, I don't know what is your uh, mindset if you go into a situation like that where nothing is clear and you're just trying to make something work. Well, hopefully there's a couple things that are clear. Like you at least know broad strokes what you need to do, hopefully. Like, yeah. like in this this case, you know you need to make a video maybe or something. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard because you know, and I and I would be lying to you if I didn't say the first meetings didn't scare me to this day. They definitely do, because you're you're right. You don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I've had I've had a million different things happen. I've had kickoff meetings where it was super easy. Hey, we just want everyone to meet each other. Hey, everyone, this is Sean. Sean, do you need anything? No, cool. That was a good kickoff meeting, guys. And I've had, I've had meetings where it's like, all right, we have our last web designer here. He wants to see what your portfolio looks like. All right, we have we have the the board of directors here, and they want to like go over your strategy and how you can be better than the last guy. And so you <laughs> kind of have to be kind of ready for anything. Um, yeah. You, you know, I I would say it just comes down to most things where you know you just have to plan for chaos first off, and then second off have your list of at least like the primary things that have to get done in this meeting. Um, Cause yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah, when you get in the weeds, it's, it's not impolite to like say, Hey, so, 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 you know, Dan, I'll say it's Dan. 
hey, Dan, so on this call, like we had said that, you know, we were going to try to get the, the contract just finalized, try to get the, the, the stuff finalized, get a time frame. Can we hit those points before we get into what you're about to talk about? Because a lot of time, like I said, I, I always run into these meetings where a client's like, yeah, well, I'm mad about X, Y, and Z. And let me just, let me tell you something. And then for the next 20 minutes, he's just going off on his experience yeah, and waste the whole meeting. And yeah. I, I'm so empathetic. I'll just sit there and let you talk because I don't want to interrupt you. I want it, I want you to feel like you're heard. And so one thing I'll try to do before we even get going down that is I'll just be like, hey, just so everyone knows by the end of this meeting, I just want to make sure these few things get done. And if we have to talk more, we can do that later. Yeah. Um, for this guy, it seems like, yeah, you've already kind of got him sold. So now what I would say to you, and this is more speaking directly to you, is just be focused on what that thing is. So try not to get off where he's like, oh, I also need this. And then you go, oh, well, I can do that for you. Don't do that. What did you get on this call for? Not not the million other things you can do, but for this well, thing that you told them to do. Well, the monologue a million things, you know, recommending like three, four things and like, let's see how it can be of value. And like, obviously the yeah. budget was not really there, but he's like, yeah. one or two months, I kind of need it. And I, I know I mm -hmm. need it and it's important. And there's me now, I could push it, you know? And that's like one of the things where I'm like, ah. But there's like, you know, situations is like sometimes it's better to create a win-win scenario. And I feel like this could be like one of those things where I'm like, okay, trade of service, maybe get like a testimonial, what he thinks about the service, how it will impact him if he gets like one or two days of free work or whatever. And I can use that for like, you know, portfolio or whatever. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, but obviously more... we, we always want the paycheck, but as a creative freelancer there's always like an angle how you can work something and that's how i'm like trying to see it so i want to come up with a list of things how yeah. i can create value for him and how i can measure the value you know because it's easy to say like oh yeah this video will change your life you know yeah. and obviously you don't know how many sales you will get from that well you know i it makes me think a little bit of um when we had our podcast with trevor four or five episodes ago um, he had a really good point of what he's doing. And I, I liked what I liked his idea of like the way that you get in the doors through content, right? So it yeah. could just be a very small project and you get into the door with that small project and then you kind of start to explode in these other things. I think that's, I think that's such a better strategy to go about. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, where instead of you sending an email with like, I do eight different things that I want you to do with me, you just say, Hey, how about we do this one thing? And then once that one thing goes well, then you're like, now I can do all these things. Cause yeah. now they're listening. Now they trust you. Yeah. And um, now your personal connection is then established as well. So it's like, yeah, that's one of the things that you can um, recommend. I think. As like, yeah, I, I have clients that literally I started the relationship with them designing only print stuff and now I'm doing all their digital marketing stuff. So, so how did I get to there? Well, it trust. That's how I got there. So now yeah. it's so funny. I have these meetings with people where they'll even be like, Sean, I know that this wasn't like your main focus, but I just know you're going to do it well. Like, I just know you're going to do a good job. So I'm not worried about it. And I know that you're not going to disappear on me. It's half of those things, right? There's so, there's such a, you know, there's so many creatives out there that skip ship, skip town, become ghosts, argue with the client, yeah. just do these Run terrible away, things. Check. <laughs> and it just takes one of those things to happen. And then they have PTSD forever. It's like, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard. You have to earn that trust back and it's and it can scare people if you start at the beginning where you're like i'll do your website i'm a print designer too i also do email marketing i can do social media marketing i also do videography too as well and it's just like okay <laughs> you do a lot you do a lot maybe kind of good maybe yeah that's all that's all they'll see where it's like yeah so so i think like being very focused you know so like for me for example what, what I, i've had i keep always have to ask myself this like once a year essentially what are the clients you want what are the projects you want 
right? Do you want these projects? Like, do you want to, like for a videographer, do you want to be an editor who grinds it out for hours and hours? If that yeah, gives you a headache, yeah. then don't do that. Don't go for those projects. Because yeah. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of my career, I found that I, I got caught doing things I didn't want to do. And who's, who's to blame? Me, because I said I could do it, and now I'm doing <laughs> something I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can. It's not like what was that famous saying? Like we said, we, we said we can do it because we thought it's easy, and or something. I, I already oh. forgot. Yeah, I yeah. said that meme to you, but it was a good meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and 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 you know, and I, I that's you know, talking about kickoff meetings, I think it's a good piece of advice is to try to try to tamper your own excitement down. I, yeah. I still to this day, and I know any creative does that once your gears start moving, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I could do this, oh my god, wait, there was this thing I just saw the other day, some guy did, and you start getting excited. 200 watts power spinning. Yeah, <laughs> and, and but your excitement can really create problems down the road, right? Where you're like, yeah, we could do that easy peasy. We'll do that easy. I'll have that done by next week. Oh yeah, and you just start making these like dumb promises because you're excited. Yeah. And then then an hour or two ends after the meeting, and then you're like, what the hell did I just agree to? Oh my God, there's no I way. Mean, as long as the budget <laughs> is there, it's easy, you know, because then you always can subcontract, you can figure it out. But if there's no budget, you should not promise stuff that you never done. You know, that, that's, that's how. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So if it's like experimental stuff and there's no budget for like external fixing, you know, that is like where it's like getting really iffy. There you need to really know what you can do, what you can't do. You know, because you're capable of like, mm -hmm. you could be capable of like doing video work and you could be hired to do it. You just contract like five videographers, you know, your chances yeah. of success are really high, but the budget needs to be there at least at the minimum, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and even that's not necessarily high, right? You you subcontract to some videographers that leave you hanging and then you leave the... the so there's still risk there. There's still... Yeah. And there's still uh, work there where you have to manage those videographers and text them and make sure they got there okay and make sure everything worked out. So you're still being a project manager then. So it's... Yeah. It's yeah, I, I just know that when I started early on, I was just like, I'm so excited. You're so excited. I don't want to ruin this excitement. So I'm going to say yes to everything. Yeah. Now, what I tend to do is I kind of in my head, I have this kind of like rubric of like, and we're filling up this meter with cool stuff, right? But then once we get over a certain line of what's plausible, then yeah. I'll start to say, that's version 2.0, right? So if we're making a website, and usually clients get this because they get that they don't have a $10,000 budget. So I'm like, We have to do, let's do version 1.0 and then let's make a wish list. And then when we up this in a year, then we'll do all this fancy stuff. And people are, are surprisingly usually pretty okay with that because yeah. the, the other route is we just do the fancy stuff now and it's $10,000 right now. So, yeah. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's why you can't get everything in the world. That's why you don't have a website like Pepsi or something because they, they paid $100,000 for their website. Yeah, or more, way more probably. I, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> Every pixel counts there. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, like that is like the thing in the freelance world. There are so many ifs and what if, and you know, you're in your head, you're strategizing. In the end, it comes mm -hmm. like back to being like, be a human, not a robot, not being like you know too salesy and being like, okay, I gotta finagle my way in there, and I say this, then he says that, and I mm -hmm. get what I want. And that's not life. I mean, like, it comes all back to, like, okay, we're, we're connecting with a person and the person is happy, then we mm -hmm. are happy. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And some just kind of pro tips for people, too, is um, I, 
If you haven't already, I would start to use kind of visualization software, things like Miro or the whiteboard on Zoom, um, things like that. If you if you aren't already using one of those, I would start to start playing with it because that is so immeasurably uh, useful when you're in like a review session. Right. Especially if it's flat designs you're looking at video, it gets a little tough, more tough, obviously. But if you're looking at things that are like flat, it's really easy to like draw things out really quickly for one, right? Like, oh, we have a website. Okay, so over here, you want the text over here and you're just blocking things out. So if you're not already using Miro, which is free to use and all these other things, you you really should start because it it makes such a deal in these kickoff meetings if they want to start sketching stuff down. Um, Another thing that's really come in really useful for me in the last few weeks is uh, a mobile monitor. I would tell people if you're one of those freelancers that you're, you're meeting people at cafes and you're going out there to do your reviews and stuff, Bring a mobile monitor. Don't make your client look over your shoulder at the thing you made. Like set up yeah. a monitor opposite of you so they're on the other side of the table and they're looking at your screen. Yeah. It just looks a lot better. It's it's, it's such a I, I people have been so complimentary of me in, in these meetings of like, oh, I'm so glad you brought this screen. So so you, they don't have to scooch over to your side of the table and you got smudges all over your screen. And <laughs> you know, it's it's nice to be like, nope, here's your monitor, here's my monitor, and then you can just kind of walk through it together with them. Yeah, it's like it's like those little things, you know, when you go in an Uber and they're like prepared for everything. They have the hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. they have some candy, they got some roses, they have like the playlist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the little things that make the biggest impact sometimes. Where it's like, okay, this separates you now mm-hmm. from a four point five to a five star review. You know, mm-hmm. and then and I guess my last pro tip. Um, there's quite a bit, but the last one that I've really started to do this year, and it's a pain in the butt, but it's worth doing is after every meeting, schedule 30 minutes to do a summary for yourself of that meeting. Um, and that could be you taking notes. It could be you. What I like to do is I like to time block all the future times I'm going to need to work on this, right? Like, so today I just, I just, um, finalized a, a contract to, to, transfer over a website and do some content edits. And so I've already scheduled those blocks of time over the next week to get that done. Um, and and I tell people, do this right after the meeting. I'm someone that's really guilty that once I get off a really stressful meeting, I'm like, ooh, let's go get a drink. I'm out. I'm going to go like walk outside. Yeah. Where like, I yeah, I have to like stop myself and be like, no, it's while it's fresh in your mind, write it down, all this stuff and summarize it. And then send them a, a, an email. A lot of people really appreciate that too. If you talked about a lot of crap and you didn't see them taking a lot of notes, yeah. send them a Word doc to like kind of summarize what you guys went over. It makes such a big difference. People are so grateful for that. Yeah, I, I think like you said something very powerful there because like sometimes I, I'm in the, the rush it phase, you know, and I'm just like, I, mm-hmm. I kind of rush, read something and I miss information. And yeah. that can be crucial because like sometimes they say something, but the little things, they matter. And that is like really mm-hmm. powerful if you're like, okay, I should schedule like the time to check what did they actually say? What did the meeting actually mean? You know, because like you yeah. could in, in your in your hype, like, oh, potential client, we're good. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're good. And you're like all sides yeah. of excited. And then you oversee all the little things that, um, the client wanted, you know, what is important yeah. for the client, all those little things. And that's where mm-hmm. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. And the, the scheduling the time, like my mm-hmm. timeline for this week and last week was kind of a mess because like, okay, mm-hmm. we, we loaded the pipeline up and it's like, now we're like, okay, Clunk. we're doing, st- <laughs> we're, we're clocked, but we're still pumping. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, 
it's it's it, it what and what i found is like if you work with de- detail oriented clients they get so mad if you miss the details like if because like i'm kind of a thousand mile view guy i know i can seem like a very de- detail oriented guy but i i'm actually really really big picture kind of guy so so if like we have like this meeting and you get me excited about a couple of things like what you're doing or these big marketing strategies but then in the middle you said oh that thing's misspelled I can sometimes forget that little, little thing. You say, oh, well, that's misspelled. And then we moved on. Like, you have to make sure to type those things down. That's why those notes are so big in the meeting, because I will miss those things. I will miss the small details because I'll get so excited. I'm like, dude, the client totally told me that they're going to do this whole thing. It's going to make more work for me. And your brain starts to just remember the big impactful things. It's going to forget all the little nuggets. And for someone like me, I'll be very nice to someone if they, if they miss some details. I'm okay with that. But to someone that's a very detail-oriented person, that's like a big, pet peeve. I mean, I've, I, early in my career, I lost a couple clients because I just, I would ask them too many questions. I had two separate clients that were just like, you're asking me too many questions. We've literally already gone over this and you keep missing the details. I'm firing you. I don't have time for this. Yeah. I I mean, like some things are like, whatever, you know, because like you cannot fake yourself. And I, I find myself, um, I have like that one retainer and he's like very particular with certain things. They're not really logical in a weird way, if that makes sense, because it's like appearance and it's like, oh, if the hair is yeah. this way, I, I do not like that. And it's like, I couldn't yeah. tell, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like how I move my hand there. I'm like, you move it in other moments the same way, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like the thing where it's like you get paralyzed by the fear of like, um, they don't like it. And that is an also like very like scary because like I saw yeah. my um, output like decreasing because like, oh, I know he does not like that, but sometimes he likes it. Now I'm like worrying about stuff where I'm like, I'm not in his head and I don't have enough time to actually like, you know, worry about those tiny details that are not mm-hmm. really mattering, but they matter a lot for them. You know? If yeah, exactly. Well, 100%, so it's like, yeah. it, it can go either way. So I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah, but even then, it's like at least gives you a, a, a somewhere to stand on if you disagree. I, what I hate is when I don't, I miss a detail of something I disagree with, yeah. and then and then we have a next meeting. They're like, "Oh, you missed doing that," and now I don't really have a place where I can argue with them because he's right. I did just miss it, but I didn't think it was a smart idea. But it's a lot easier to argue an idea if you did it anyway and then you say that wasn't that's not important but i went ahead and did it versus oh i totally forgot to do it but i think it's a dumb idea anyway then they're just like well what the hell you're just making excuses for not doing the thing i asked you to do that's how that reads then yeah Ah, the freelance world a world of pleasure and fun Full yeah, of creativity know, I, and joy. <laughs> I know. I, re- I really wish, you know, I think you had asked this back on a previous episode. Like, if you were to, like, have a class in college that you didn't get, that you didn't get taught well in college, I think my answer nowadays, I, now I've had some time to think about that, is there should be a class in just relationships, client relationships. Like, that would be a whole class I would do. Literally, I mean, all. in general, just to be, like, a decent just relationship. Being. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like. People are just the worst. Nowadays, people are flaky. They don't even tell you anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, five minutes beforehand, I can't make it today just because they don't feel it, you know? And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, we're we're kind of like, you know, we plan stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm running into that all over the place. It's it's true. It's it's the internet. I feel like we live in a world where everything feels so easy. It's easy to cancel, easy to make plans, and yeah, and and yeah. And but what's interesting too, I, I this is kind of random. So let me know if this is getting too random. But I, I always think back to one of my first bosses where he he was able to get every, he worked he worked everyone harder than almost any boss I'd ever had. 
but everyone enjoyed work. And it was like this interesting, it was like the perfect manager is someone that gets you to work harder than you ever will before, but they make you want to come to work and they make you actually enjoy the harder work. And I, I feel like I try to think, I try to take things from what he did when I'm, when I'm doing things with clients, right. Where like, how do I, how do I make you feel like the stakes are actually high that you actually have to perform or I'm dumping you, but yet at the same time, make you excited to keep showing up, if that makes sense. So like I, I try to do that with my clients too, where I like, even when I word stuff, they're like, oh, we need this like next week. I'll be like, okay, depending on how quickly you are able to get back to me, we can maybe make that happen. But I'll always make sure to put that text, depending on your side, depending on how fast you can communicate, we can get this done. But if you don't, I'm leaving you in the dust because I'm moving a thousand miles per hour. Maybe you'll move a million, maybe you'll move one, but I'm moving a thousand steady. (laughs) Steady. Well, that's powerful too. Slow and steady wins the race. I mean that's powerful and that is like going back to like leadership i think like and that i think we should do like maybe like a podcast on leadership in general obviously yeah that that is a loaded topic leadership in general you know because like everybody wants to be like oh be a manly man you need to be this and that for being a good leader but we all saw like different types of leaders and we all saw like you know some things work better than others you know yeah, yeah. And when it's interesting when you're kind of a freelance, right? Because you, you're the boss and the worker of your own company, right? Yeah. So so it's very interesting. Like I, I've had, I've started to change how I talk to top uh, clients in the last couple of years of like, stop talking to clients like they're your boss. Start talking to your clients like you're also a business owner. You're yeah. equals. Like you're not there. You're not you're not applying for a job. You're applying for a partnership. Yeah. And so, you know, thinking in terms of that, it does, it does help, but you're right. There's, there's so much to leadership, you know? Um, and frankly, there's so many people out there that think they're great leaders and they're terrible leaders and they, they don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot to that. And I mean, I think the kickoff meeting is important because that that's, that's the moment where you really set that guideline for how close are you to being a leader, right? If yeah. you're if you're not able to control the meeting, if you're if you're not able to get people focused, if you're not able to communicate your boundaries and what you need, you're already showing everyone in the room that you're not strong enough to lead this project probably. Yeah. And that so so it does. That's that's where it can get scary in the kickoff meeting is you you do have to kind of come in with this attitude of like you're you're a business owner. You this is your process. This is your flow. You're in control of this, not them. You are in control. And if, if am, they think you're not in control, they're going to get real scared. Yeah. And that is like the thing is like, who's the videographer? Who's the web designer? You know, sometimes you got to mm-hmm. call the shots, you know? And yeah. it's like, there, there's a certain degree where it's like, okay, we're doing what the client wants. And there's a certain degree of like, well, if we do what you want, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot and you're going to not make it, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, and with that being said, there is always going to be that time where you just have to give up. You just have to be like, okay, we're doing it your way. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll I'll do that too, or I'll just be like, okay, we'll do it your way. But if it does doesn't work, we may have to do my way. So yeah, well, but yeah. Was, I mean, kick kickoff meetings, man, they're a big deal, right? I mean, it's cool that you're getting <laughs> more, and and they're scary, and but you're hopefully getting better, right? I think that's just like anything else you see on this podcast. The more you do them, the better in theory you're going to get at them. So. That's also like an attitude thing. Like when you go into a meeting. Or like, let's say you meet a client for the first time. I, I'm usually excited for that. So I'm, that's the, the personality type I am. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. for uh, my meeting. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm going to get coffee, talk to nice. a cool person. They have some drive, you know, maybe it doesn't nice. lead to anything, but maybe I'm making a buddy. Maybe I'm making it a client. 
maybe I make it a, a partner, you know, and we have a win-win. Nice. I don't know, you know. I so think that's that, perfect. I, I think that's yeah. great. I actually like that a lot. I think that's really awesome. The just that idea of like get excited about it, right? Like I think like I'm I, I, I get to a place where I get I get so much anxiety still to this day. Um and it's funny because then the meeting happens and it almost always goes well and then yeah. and then it's fine. But but yeah, Isn't, I like your idea of like get excited. There, there's so many opportunities. There's nothing that should like get you in like a negative mood because like no, this is like, you know, having the right mindset going into something, you know, because it's opportunity. You should be happy for opportunity instead of like, oh this is opportunity mm -hmm. for negativity well that's always there so it's like gotta focus on the right thing yeah yeah and i think if you do a good job of like niching and finding what you're good at and staying in that lane at least close to that lane you should probably be confident anyway in the meeting right like yeah. nobody's going to tell you your business about videography but someone may be able to tell your business about something you don't know about yeah so so that's why don't go in the meeting saying i could do a million things because the more out of your lane you are the easier it is to be able to pick you apart in that meeting yeah and you don't know what you don't know. That is the biggest problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we, because we all we all think we know it all, and we 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 saw our things. We have our experience, and then I was like, "Oh, did you hear about that?" And like, yeah. "Oh, you did not." And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. and it it, all, it almost always comes back to that old statement of um, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Underpromise and overdeliver. That's yeah. that's the better thing you want. Okay, so don't go in the yeah. kickoff meeting saying you can do fireworks if you don't think you can do fireworks, but go in that meeting and say, you know what, we'll get close to fireworks. If we do get fireworks, it'll be great, but I can promise this. And then when you eventually have fireworks, they're like, wow, you're amazing. We, we didn't even think we were going to get here. Yeah. So that's a big thing too is yeah, just, um, it sounds bad because yet again, as a creative, you want to push the boundaries. You want to be as good as possible, but yeah, you got to like taper that down in the meeting and, and, and shoot a little under Yeah. because, because there's going to be chaos. There's going to be something that you're not seeing. Yeah. I mean, like, on the one side, it's just like, we, we try our best. But with that being said, I think this was a good podcast. And people Someone's should buy got a... some food he's got to eat. <laughs> well, I just yeah. snuck one fry. I'm so proud of myself right. for, like, waiting for 30, <laughs> 40 minutes, having food in front of me. I'm usually a fatty, and I would devour it immediately. I appreciate it. You have a very sensitive mic, so we would have all had ASMR of <laughs> food. <in. laughs> yep, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, man. It's been another good podcast, and yeah, I think um, yeah, everybody.